Okay, give it a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan. I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a plenty from Poland, but none from Sudan. or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Welcome to Stamp Show Here Today, episode 129. I'm Cash. Life takes its toll, so have correct change. <laughs> and I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. No Scott or Tom or anyone else today. We are here for just one thing, and that is an open letter to the U.S. Post Office. Here at Stamp Show here today, we are all about the history, and there is an event that went on exactly 100 years ago that we see no stamp issues coming. World War I started on July 28, 1914 with the odd and unexpected murder of Franz Ferdinand in Serbia. Not to get too deep into the weeds, but Austria declared war on little Serbia. Russia declared war on Austria. Germany declared war on Russia, France declared war on Germany, Germany attacked France by invading Belgium, so Britain declared war on Germany. Then Italy, Japan, and others joined. Hold on, and Turkey. Turkey needs to be put on the list. Okay. They were one of the major Axis powers, so. Or, excuse me, they were one of the major Entente, because it wasn't Axis, it was Entente. No. Central powers. Entente was the good guys. Oh, save myself. Cash's correction. <laughs> good save. <laughs> Woodrow Wilson, who said he absolutely wouldn't join the war, joined the war on April 6, 1917. 100 years ago, a couple of months ago. But no stamp. No stamp for entering World War One, and, and this is uh, the reason why we're writing this letter is because Canada and France put out a fantastic joint issue for the Battle of Vimy Ridge. And it was a colorful stamp, a beautiful stamp, both countries, and we have nothing. And this is kind of an event. So. Dear Post Office, World War I was a bit of an event to say the least. April 6th could have been a great date for a stamp honoring the soldiers, but it didn't happen. 
Okay, fair enough, but let us here give you an idea for four stamps that should come out to commemorate World War I. Well, my first one is Alvin York. He won a Medal of Honor and he was the most decorated uh, low-level person, non-commissioned officer in World War I. He already has a 33 cent stamp, but given the 100 year anniversary, uh, I suspect and hope that they have another one coming out. Uh, real quick background, uh, Alvin York was a Sergeant, Sergeant York, uh, he was Gary Cooper, played by Gary Cooper. Great story about him, he was in the uh, Meuse-Argonne Offensive, ended up capturing 123 Germans and over 20 machine guns. He did a very heroic action in the battle, capturing a lot of people, saving a lot of lives, and all this in spite of the fact that he was actually a conscientious objector to start with. And in the uh, World War I, if you were a conscientious objector, you still had to go to war, but they had you like loading railroad cars or unloading ships or something like that. Well, he rose to the occasion, and the U.S. Army definitely benefited from having him there. If you uh, want to look at it, he got a Medal of Honor, and he is one of the people who really, really deserved it. I mean, there's a lot of people who got Medals of Honor that, uh, you know, were kind of, let's say, questionable. Nah, this guy, he, he has a great story, he has a great backstory, and he definitely deserves a second stamp. What about women in the wartime economy? Because uh, when the men went to war, they got drafted into industry. They did some dangerous stuff, you know, munitions and, and things like that. You know, the women in the workforce went from about 25% to 43%, almost doubled in half the workforce. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Germany did not do that. Yeah, Germany didn't uh, take advantage of, let's say, their female population. They still worked on the farms and stuff, but they did not boost their uh, women in the uh, industrial sector. And they say that's one of the reasons why Germany probably lost the war is they gave up on a huge amount of the uh, possible labor force that they could have used to benefit their military. And, you know... Women in combat was abhorrent. Women were not trained with weapons. But you could still make a great stamp for women on the home front or women in the industries that benefited. One of them, of course, was the munition industries. But the other big benefit that women gave was in nursing in the hospital. And why don't you talk about uh, nursing? Right. Well, we have uh, Lena Higby. Now, there's a picture of her. She's wearing a glorious hat. <laughs> and uh, she set up the Navy Nursing Corps. And she also um, won the Navy Cross. And Julia Stimson. And she did the same thing for the Army. And uh, there's a TV show that talks about this, uh, American Nurses in World War One. It's uh, PBS American Experience. Yeah, the... Uh, the nursing part of it could be very easily shown. You know, uh, I believe we did it already with the World War II series. 
you know, you have the women, the nurses and stuff like that set out on the stamp. Just take the exact same stamp. I believe it's in the 29 cent World War II souvenir sheet and just change it to World War One. I. I mean, they wore different dress then. They wore different outfits. But uh, that would make a fantastic second stamp for the issue. Also, just as a note, the Russians actually did train women in World War One for combat and there was a combat unit of women that went to war and I thought that was an interesting little aside too. So an idea for a third stamp is either Henry Johnson or the Harlem Hellfighters and uh, this was a black unit in World War One that was made up of blacks but also Puerto Ricans. The army was segregated and so you didn't have white and black companies joined together. It was, this is a very interesting thing. It's kind of, it might be um, unglamorous or unglorious because of the story behind it. But Blackjack Pershing, who was the um, general, said, foreigners are not going to lead U.S. troops. And then the Harlem Hellfires were made part of the French uh, army because they weren't incorporated into the United States Army because they were black. Anyway, Henry Johnson was one of the, let's say, the most heroic of these fellows, although there were two fellows. Uh, but Henry, I'm going to center on, on Henry Johnson because it's a stamp, so you have to have a specific topic. Henry Johnson was in a really bad situation, had to defend an area, had to defend some wounded friends, charged some Germans, basically protected the area, made sure that, you know, the Germans didn't overrun the position, was a really heroic guy with a really, really great backstory, really great uh, action during the war. He was given the uh, Army Cross by the French, he wasn't given anything by the U.S. Army. He was wounded, and he had to wait for his Purple Heart. For, like... Well, no, he, he was given the Purple Heart, but he, he was given a Medal of Honor posthumously. But posthumously because he died of old age. He was given the Medal of Honor by Barack Obama just shy of a hundred year, you know... It, it, it's a really big injustice. It was an injustice that could easily be rectified by giving this guy the story and the stamp that he desires because he died poor. He was wounded really, really bad in World War One, And uh, he had problems throughout his life and he died poor. He died poor without a medal. And he has a great backstory. If you don't want to center in on him, like I said, the Harlem Hellfire Fighters. I think this could be a great stamp that sort of looks like the uh, Costa stamp from uh, Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which so is a great stamp. You could have him as a sort of uh, a spectator on the stamp, have him to the right in uniform, and then show the Harlem Hellfighters in a vertical format next to it. I think this would make a really fantastic looking stamp. Mm -hmm. You know, a great story, great person deserves to be honored and uh something that you know it just really really very stamp worthy very stamp worthy 
Another person is, of course, the overall commander of the U.S. troops, which is uh, General Pershing. And again, he has already had a stamp. He has an eight-cent stamp. Uh, it was given a long time ago, and it really do it shows him in his World War One garb. But it's not a commemorative stamp for World War One. It's just a he's a famous guy stamp. And when he went over, he really brought a different way of thinking to World War One, because the French, just shortly before the U.S. entered the war, suffered a really really big mutiny. It wasn't that they actually quit but they refused to like charge anymore. They were, they were going to defend. They said, nobody will take any territory from us, but we're not going over the line. We're not going to attack anymore because these frontal assaults against machine guns are just ridiculously stupid. And Pershing, he, wa he was a cavalry guy and he knew about mobility and stuff like that. And he knew that what they were doing in World War I probably was what they had to do but he didn't want to have the mass casualties that the French and the English were having by doing these really big frontal assaults so he brought a new kind of strategy to it and that's something that was kind of revolutionary for World War One. and as a matter of fact uh, the next topic that I want to bring up they thought he was crazy in it but the next topic for a stamp is the battle of the muse argonne this was an offensive that began september 26 1918 and it continued to the end of the war which wasn't that much further so you have a year and three months to you know commemorate the 100th anniversary of that stamp let's see if they step up because it was the principal American engagement in World War I. Over 1.2 million American soldiers fought and 26,000 soldiers died. It was said to be part of the 100-day offensive that brought an end to the war, but it was really more than that. The French were also greatly involved. It was about 50% American, 50% French. Anyway, this battle, the Hindenburg Line was basically a line of trenches that held up and defended the Germans. There was no way for us to get through it, and there was our defenses were so good that they couldn't get through it. Well, Pershing came along, and he blew a 20-mile hole through this defensive position. And originally, Patan, who was the head of the uh, French, Said, he was very skeptical of it. He said you'd have to be incredibly lucky. But what happened was, you know, he they bombarded No Man's Land for three hours to get rid of the barbed wire. And after that, Pershing ordered the advance. And there's a really great movie called The Lost Battalion. Oh, yeah. This was, the advance was so good and Surrier Pigeon that won a, a medal for notifying the artillery that they were dropping artillery on top of the U.S. forces. So it's a very famous carrier pigeon also. And also this whole uh, uh, battle here, this is when Alvin York was also doing his thing. So uh, it's a really great 
backstory, cooperation, a battle that ended up being a major offensive in the war that brought it to an end. Uh, it was, you know, 50% French, 50% American, but... And on YouTube, they have some actual footage oh, yeah. of the battle. So if you uh, want to see what the actual battle was like, you can <laughs> look at that too. Or what about the Second Battle of the Marne when French and U.S. troops stopped the last German offensive of the war with friggin' tanks? Yeah, tanks! The end of this battle started the 100-day offensive that included the Meuse-Argonne offensive just discussed. It could be a block of four with World War One. You know, you could have York, Pershing, Johnson, and uh, who, who, I'm sorry, who is the girl? Who is the girl? Higby? Higby. Higby. So you could have York, Johnson, Higby, and, uh, well, you could have a lot of other stuff, but how about General Pershing? Have a really great World War I uh, setup. God, I hope they don't just do, like show a picture of the person. Because while the picture of the person is pretty good, some of these, like if you show Higby just a picture of her. Nobody will know who that nobody, is. You'll look at her and go, who's that weird lady wearing the hat? And, uh, you know, Johnson, he deserves a story on his stamp. I mean, you know, if you just showed a black guy, well, you couldn't even show a black guy getting a medal. Well, I guess you could show him getting a French medal. You know, you'd you have to do more with the stamp. Alvin York, you can kind of get away with some stuff because he's kind of well-known, like General Pershing. But I would sure like to see... Picture this as like uh, the Hollywood stamp. You have these four people in blocks of four. And then over on the side, you have like the Meuse-Argonne offensive discussion about it. Or you could do like what they did with the Civil War series when they showed all the different battles. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, which was a great series. You, they, the post office, you've done great jobs in the past. And the fact that you have no, zero stamps scheduled to be released between now and December 31st for World War One kind of has me sort of uh, wondering whether 2018 you're going to start coming out with some stuff. Now, admittedly, a lot of the combats did happen in 2018, but there's a lot of stuff that happened in 2017, and you're showing no commemoration of what's going on for at least this period. And it, like I said, it's a hundred-year anniversary. So, so that. So that. Signed, Stamp Show here today. Our thanks to History Channel, as well as Wikipedia and YouTube, and many other sources for the information given here. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com. 
podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Sure Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. Hi, this is Bob Prager with Gary Posner Incorporated, and we're in Long Island, New York, in New Jersey, and our philosophy of Gary Posner Incorporated is this. We would rather pay very fair prices on 9 out of 10 collections that we look at versus trying to just offer very low prices on 1 out of 2 and making a big score. That's never our philosophy. So if you want to be treated fairly, please give us a call anytime at 800-323-4279. And again, my name is Bob Prager.